6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. Well, you've been hearing it throughout the day on 6.30, Chad. Eileen mentioning it. Today is a day to listen. More than 500 radio stations across the country taking part in this special day, holding space for Indigenous voices as we move along this path of truth and reconciliation. Now, throughout the show today, you'll hear from Indigenous leaders, elders, performers, and more. All of this as we deal with the realities that are unfolding at the sites of former residential schools across the country, 215 unmarked graves in Kamloops, 751 in Saskatchewan, and word today of 182 near the former St. Eugene's Mission Residential School in BC. We will keep you updated on this latest discovery throughout the show, and I urge you to stay tuned for some very powerful and important stories and words of wisdom from Indigenous leaders. And we know that reconciliation is on the minds of all levels of government across this country. The federal government and the provinces have committed millions of dollars towards helping communities find unmarked graves at the sites of former residential schools and help Indigenous communities acknowledge, memorialize, and honour those unknown. It is an issue the government will need to tackle head-on as we move into the coming months. The House is adjourned until Monday, September 20th, and it certainly looks like we are heading into an election. Dr. Lydia Miljohn is a political science professor at the University of Windsor. Dr. Miljohn, welcome back to the show. Nice to be here, Jalen. All right, farewell addresses, cabinet ministers retiring, government uh, party, the, gover- the governing party leading in the polls. Can it get much clearer that we're heading into an election? Yeah, it would be quite surprising if we weren't going to have an election. The question is, what will be the date that triggers it? And when will the prime minister decide that he is in safe majority territory? Mm-hmm. Interesting stuff. On reconciliation, and I wanted to touch on this, uh, Lydia, we know that uh, the, the Trudeau government has made big promises. Some of the TRC recommendations have been implemented. Others have not. Uh, there's being money handed out now to address some of those issues and concerns, but mainly because of the news in recent weeks. This file, how big is it going to be for the next government, or how big should it be? I think it's going to be quite a, a large undertaking for whatever government's in place, and not just the federal government, but also the provincial government. I think we're just seeing the beginning of, uh, you know, these mass graves being uncovered. There's lots of money being put forward to it. The Ontario government put forward money, so have other provinces. And so, obviously, we know that they're there. I mean, that's what the Truth and Reconciliation Commission had, had noted from testimonials, that, that the children had died and they, they were in unmarked grave. So this is really just formalizing what the community had already heard about. And so obviously the federal government is going to have to really step up their game. And I think that their job one is going to have to be to get rid of those boil water advisories and provide their um, their, their fiduciary responsibility to ensure that people have safe drinking water. It's, it is really a, a, a bad mark on our, uh, us as a country to have a community that, that doesn't have safe drinking water. 
Yeah, without a doubt. Now on the uh, polling numbers today, uh, th this recent polling shows the Liberals still ahead in the polls nationally. Uh, was 38% of decided voters saying that they would cast their ballot for the Liberals if the election was held tomorrow. That number didn't change from last month, but the Conservatives um, getting 26% of the vote, down three points since May. Um, good news for the Liberals, not good news for the Conservatives, and we, and we see Aaron O'Toole continuing to to struggle to connect with Canadians. He's got a limited time window now. What does he have to do? Well, he's got to get some name recognition. He's got to get out there in front of Canadians and give them a reason to vote for them. And I think that, you know, the polls are really showing just sort of how the the government's been able to dominate the headlines. You know, the Prime Minister is able to have his, his daily briefings with the media really unquestioned by the opposition parties. And the fact that we've had this bizarre hybrid kind of parliamentary model with limited debate and, and actually limited due diligence really shows that it's become in some respects almost like a dictatorship and yet you know had it been any other government you know there would have been cries of you know this is totalitarian and this is terrible but the liberals have been able to get away with it and so really what's important for opposition leaders like Aaron O'Toole is to remind Canadians about you know what was wrong with this government but also more importantly how they would do things differently and I think you know even though the polls are consistently showing the liberals ahead we still aren't in election are not in an election campaign and so people aren't really paying as much of attention to these issues and so things can shift and change and we saw that in the 2019 campaign how quickly things um, can move on just one bad image so you know it's not it's not um, a done deal right now but the polls yeah, aren't yeah. looking good for opposition parties. No, they, no, they they aren't. And it was interesting, though, to just want to make note of this as well, that just over four in 10 Canadians believe Trudeau's Liberals deserve re-election. So, I mean, there's some some contrasting numbers there, to uh, to say the least. The Liberals, uh, and we've seen this for, for quite some time, uh, strong leads BC and Atlantic Canada. Um, and they're suggesting, these polls suggesting, or, or pundits suggesting that Quebec might not be the deal, the make or break, uh, for for the government uh, this time uh, this time around, but Trudeau really needs to make, or we we would like to see if uh, if they are reelected, to get some Western representation because uh, without that, that feeling of Western alienation is just going to continue. Although I'm not sure how much it's going to help, um, but uh, not being able to pick up any seats in in Western Canada. Alberta, particularly, going to be difficult to bridge that gap, isn't it? It is. I mean, you know, when you look at the regional breakdown, obviously the Liberals can win a majority without having a lot more support from Quebec because they've got an incredible amount of support, as you say, from Atlantic Canada, but also more importantly from seat-rich Ontario, uh, where they seem to be picking up support is in British Columbia, but, you know, there's no movement in Alberta or Saskatchewan. Mm -hmm. You know, I, you know what I, I guess I, what I find troubling about that is I don't think that the Liberals are particularly concerned. I don't think they necessarily yeah. care or want to have support from Alberta. You know, we, you know, people in Alberta might think that it's important to be part of government um, and then so in a, in a sense it's almost as if they're 
sort of neglect of Western Canada is sowing the seeds of division and Western alienation. And I think rightly so. You know, as someone who's sitting here in Ontario, I don't hear a lot of news out of Alberta, um, and I don't hear a lot of support for, you know, the important parts of the economy like the oil and gas industry, which the Liberals have all but turned their backs on. And, 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 and I guess the way electoral politics works in this country, they don't need that support. And at the same time, the Conservatives who get that support is it's certainly not enough for them to form a government, and then they have to sort of tone their message to really have Ontarians listen. And quite frankly, right now they're not listening to um, to those messages. Mm. Well, we'll be watching this closely uh, moving ahead over the next uh, few weeks. Everyone just waiting for the other shoe to drop, to, to say the least. But uh, always interesting when these numbers uh, come out. And uh, as we, as, as I said, Lydia, it looks like uh, all the signs are pointing to it sooner rather than later. So we'll see what happens. Thanks for joining me. My pleasure. Nice talking to you. Yeah, take care. Dr. Lydia Miljohn, who is a political science professor at the University of Windsor. And yeah, pundits saying, you know, Trudeau's inability to gain ground in Alberta, Saskatchewan and Manitoba, where they, they hold less than 30 percent support, suggests that Western alienation will stick around if if the liberals stay in power. So what do you believe needs to be done on the conservative side. I was I was talking to a conservative MP on, on the weekend and he described Justin Trudeau's daily uh, COVID appearances like the, 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 the bird coming out of the, the cuckoo clock. And I thought, oh, well, you know, but he was informing, updating, and I'm sure that any leader would have done that, uh, you know, in, in the same situation. But um, it has prove, proven to be a challenge for the Conservatives in being able to um, question, in being able to get their thoughts out, their plans out, because let's be real, COVID dominated the past year and a half. So now here we are on the cusp of an election and Aaron O'Toole still trying to find and make headway with the electorate. 